Hi, this is Mark Brett. Welcome to episode two of my blog about、uh, my experience living and、uh, teaching English as a foreign language in Hangzhou, China.、Um, this is the second episode, so I don't have to do all the introduction and stuff.、Um, I get a little bit kind of.、Uh, I remember when I was actually t-、uh, keeping the blog in China, I would often kind of get off get off topic、um, and just start, you know, wondering, you know. Where to go? I get very、uh, not self-absorbed exactly, but、uh, starting to do in, mention things that were un, unrelated, just like write and 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 write, just all this crap that made no sense, and I would often end up deleting that. So I'm going to try and avoid doing that, but、um, you are forewarned. This is the uh, second uh, episode, and I'm going to be focusing on my second blog post, which was from Wednesday, November ninth, two thousand eleven. Um, but first, I'm going to go back to the uh, first uh, episode. I want to mention a few things and、um, add on to some things I said in last week's、uh, episode. So,、um, <clears throat> because there was a lot, I think、um, you know when I listened back to it,、um, there were some things that struck me.、Uh, one thing I wanted to mention: this is always something that has been a big. Uh, uh, it's taken up a lot of my my my, my thinking process in my life. Is、uh, you know the way that、um, Americans and Brits、uh, regard one another, being a dual citizen as I am,、um, and I mentioned in the last one how I、um, had kept the blog fairly formal because my grandma was reading it in England,、um, and I just wanted to mention that in England it's not, and there's this idea in America that everyone in England is like.、Um, <clears throat> act or speak as if they're a member of the royal family, which is very much far from the case.、Um, I think I get into it in one of the later、um, uh, posts, and I'll talk about it in one of the episodes. But one of my favorite things, actually, about living in Hangzhou,、uh, as you know, fantastic and incredible and bizarre and strange、um, as、uh, living in China was,、um, it was actually kind of nice to be around so many、uh, Brits again for an extended period of time. Because after I left England in two thousand one, I had been back to visit a few times just for a week or two.、Um, I would see old friends and stuff, but it was not really. I was not there very long, so it was always kind of like it was just a little vacation back to England. This was actually living with a bunch. I mean, it was the great majority of people work I worked with were from Britain, were、uh, English. Um, and so it was kind of it was kind of cool to get to be around me、uh, brethren again like that, so to speak,、um, and meeting people from all over England, all over the UK.、Um, it gave me a lot to think about because I was teaching English about the different varieties of English there are in the world.、Um, and as I mentioned in the last episode, there were South Africans there, so there was South African English, and there was an Australian guy too.、Um, And then the various different varieties of English in、um, within the UK are just England and Wales. Actually, there were no Scots or Irish people, Northern Irish people. But、um, yeah, it was a very interesting kind of、um, a thing for me. Being like one of my best friends was from Birmingham, and he had a very distinctive accent.、Um, I had worked with a woman <clears throat> when I worked、uh, during my college breaks at Princeton University. My, my Because、uh, my mom was a secretary at the Princeton University、uh, Graduate School Admission Office, or she was at the 
undergraduate, sorry, but I worked in the graduate school admission office. And there was some woman who was there during the winter breaks who was also a temp who was um, from Birmingham as well. And she had this very kind of dry sense of humor. She's very, you know, oh, very, oh, it's very depressing. Oh, from Birmingham. Everything's going to be terrible. It's a very, uh... and uh, so my friend Dave, Dangerous Dave, he always, you know, had this very strong Brummy accent. They call them Brummies, people from Birmingham. Um, so that was one of the things I really enjoyed about uh, being in China was being around all these English people, um, funnily enough. Um, but anyway, so I will get back to what I'm saying here. So j- just to be clear that the English people don't all sound like, um, you know, the RP received pronunciation, classic BBC English, you know, the Queen and uh, the King's speech and all that. Um, it's not like that at all, really. Um, even I think the wife of David Cameron, the former prime minister, and, you know, he's super upper class, very, very much a tough. Um, and so is his wife, I think. But apparently she affects a sort of an estuary English, which is a sort of uh, slightly, you know, a, a not cockney, but sort of cockney, which is pretty much what when I moved back to England when I was a kid, when I was nine, um, that's how people sounded. So that was really my the world I lived in when I lived in England. So anyway. Back to what I'm doing. So I took some notes about my um, <clears throat> last blog post that I wrote. So the train trip, which I took on uh, my journey out to California on the way to China, I mentioned that I took it overnight from Washington, D.C. to Chicago. Uh, but then I didn't mention the um, as much as I loved California when I got there. I loved the whole trip because it was a three night trip. Um, and I was I didn't have a sleeper. I was just um, in a seat. Um but it was fine. There was, um, it was funny when I, when I first, we were first pulling out of Chicago, I think Union Station, or I, I really don't remember, but some uh, Chinese American girl, um, she was, she had this little notepad and she was like drawing cartoons and stuff like that. And she wrote something in it. She was very shy. She, she, she kind of gave it to me and said, um, can I sit next to you? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. So sit next to me. So we, um, we were together for the, the three nights and um, three days or whatever. And <clears throat> it really kind of, part of the reason I mentioned that I was homesick for the USA when I first got to China is because the furthest West I'd ever been was to Omaha, where, which is the region where my mom's family is from. Um, they're from Iowa, Southwest Iowa, but a lot of them live in Omaha now, but I had never been further West than that. Um, a few months before I actually went to China, I had visited my friend, uh, in Austin, Texas, and I'd never been to Texas before. And it was really cool. I really liked Austin's a really cool town. So I thought, well, he'd always said, you know, come visit me in Texas. We were always like, ah, Texas, no, forget that. We're not gonna we're not gonna go to Texas. But I went out there and it was really warm and sunny and um it was during the uh South by Southwest Festival, so there's a lot of live music and it was a really, really cool time. So this train from Chicago, it went, you know, during the day, it, it left around, you know, one PM or something like that. So the train out to uh, Omaha is pretty boring, pretty flat, stuff I'd already seen before. Um, and by nightfall, I had got to, um, you know, I was passing through Omaha. And then um, you realize how big the country is because it wasn't until the next morning that we were in Colorado. And we were, it took a while, Colorado for the... The uh, eastern part of Colorado is pretty flat too, but eventually we got to the Rockies, and that's where it got really exciting because uh, I mean it's beautiful, like amazing scenery. Um, nothing like the East Coast. I mean the Appalachians, you know, it's it's whatever, it's fine. I guess you get some hills and stuff up to New York, but it's it's nothing compared to the West. The West is you know fantastic, it's incredible. 
Um, so, you know, went through Colorado and then um, Utah. And Utah is maybe even more incredible. It's got all the kind of crazy uh, rock formations like you see in the Wild West movies and on the old, old El Paso boxes, I remember from when I was a kid. And then Nevada is the desert, and that's really cool too. And then you get to California, and it's just, you know, beautiful, just this incredible scenery. And yeah, I was really, uh, it was really beautiful. And you just like, during the day on the train, you could go out and like you have friends on the train, you're all hanging out and like, you know, you're drinking on the train and you go out to the observation deck and, oh, it was just a great, great experience. I recommend that to anyone to um, take the train across the country if they ever get the chance. Um, so yeah, just to mention that, um, it was really incredible scenery. Uh, <clears throat> oh yeah, okay, so when I, um, I flew from San Francisco to LA and um, when I got to LA, because the flight from San Francisco had been late, I missed the flight to Shanghai. So they said, you can either um, go now and we'll send your luggage tomorrow, or you can stay tonight and you can go with your luggage. And so I thought, well, I'll definitely stay tonight, get a free night in a city I've never been to before. And I got the chance to go get some uh, California pizza kitchen. But um, the luggage was delayed anyway. But yeah, that's just a a side note so it was just kind of like you know why would i refuse why would i want to like you know wait for my luggage in a place i've never been to before in china or you know stay in la for a night a place i've never been before so but i ended up you know having to wait for my luggage the first few days when i got to china anyway so luckily my carry-on i had a few things but that was uh that was a part of my uh, first few days which i didn't mention which was kind of a hassle um and so i do remember specifically when i went down to the um with this woman who met me there at Shanghai Airport, the bus to Hangzhou, it just felt very surreal because it was dark, it was nighttime, and all the lights were kind of different. I think they had, um, I think they have them now here, the kind of more energy efficient lights, but they didn't really have them so much in America back then. So they were this kind of weird quality of light, and um, in the smog, it had this kind of I mean, it was just very, very surreal. It was kind of, and I was super jet lagged. I'd been on a flight for, you know, hours, a really, really long flight. Um, so, yeah. And I mentioned last time about the English uh, or the Mandarin class that I was uh, given. And it was not actually all that helpful. I went to a couple, but I mean, I, I got kind of frustrated because I had done the Celta course in Spain and I had never taken Spanish before, but just from doing French for basically my whole life, being from England, and doing Italian in college, just, just because, um, I was able to learn a little bit of Spanish uh, in Spain because, you know, you learn certain words of Spanish in the USA anyway. And then being the immersion, like I was able to pick up, a, you know, a decent amount in just a month. But Mandarin was not like that at all. It was very, very much more difficult. It took a long time to really get anywhere. Um, and the lessons, they were kind of teaching us to write the characters and to do the <clears throat> speaking at the same time. And the Chinese languages, there's lots of different uh, dialects. Um, the most famous, famous ones being, uh, or the most prominent ones, being Mandarin, which is spoken in the mainland, and Cantonese, which is spoken in Hong Kong and part of mainland China. Um, and Mandarin is the main kind of common language, Putonghua, the, the language of the people. But um, the, the characters are not there. Each one is like a word. It's like um, it's like hieroglyphics almost, you know, but like after years, thousands of years of <clears throat> evolution. Um, so it felt kind of pointless to be learning the characters, too. Um, I did eventually learn some characters and was able to you know read some signs, basic things. 
but they're not really related. And I remember when I was a kid, when I lived in Egypt, um, we did Arabic class in school and we just wrote it in the Latin alphabet. We didn't even bother with the Arabic script. Um, so I've never felt that was really necessary. But um, I took some English classes later on, but these ones at the center, they were not necessarily that useful. Um, oh, and I did mention last time also how the first few words I started to learn from my, my flatmate. Um, and I realized that I mentioned what um, north, south, and west are, but I didn't mention east. So I'll tell you, I might as well tell you the whole points of the compass. So North Bay, like Beijing, North Capital, Nan, South, Nanjing, South Capital, because Nanjing was the capital of China during the Ming Dynasty and during the Republican period under um, Chiang, Kai-shek, Chiang Kai-shek. Um, so that's the reason it's called the South Capital Nanjing. I think that goes dates back to the, the Ming Dynasty. Um, and then Shi Hu is West Lake in Hangzhou, famous Shi is West, Shi Hu, Hu being Lake. And then on our computer, there was a folder that said East Extra Dongxi. And Dongxi is, um, it means just like stuff. Basically, that's what I was told. It means just like stuff. But the literal meaning, Dongxi, is uh, East-West. So it means like all the stuff from East to West. So Dong is East. So North is Bay, uh, West is Xi, South Nan, and um, East is Dong. So that's uh, useful to know. Um. Oh yeah, and I mentioned the uh, the dirtiness and stuff, uh, the 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 general grime that would often be apparent on the street as compared to um, in the West. Um, and I have to say, like China, as I did mention last time, is developing so fast. When I you know came back the last time I went to visit Hangzhou from Hong Kong um, before I left Asia altogether, I mean. The change was just like as I mentioned before, it was remarkable how much it's kind of developed in just a few years. Um, so, but it is still a little bit, uh, and it varies from place to place. Like uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people smoke cigarettes there, so a lot of people spit just on the street. And you would sometimes see uh, mothers holding their children to to pee on the street or to to defecate on the street. Um, they have like the little kids have these uh, special pants with like a, um, a flap they can just easily yeah it, it's, it's pretty gross but um and you would occasionally see you know grown people doing that too I remember i took a bus one time to a town called hujo and i went to the i got off the bus i had to go to the bathroom i went into the bus station and you went in and there was you know stalls and they have the squat toilets the squat toys are very common there um which you have to get used to it's apparently um easier it's 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 supposedly better like to to defecate that way but uh this when i went into this place there was no door like so it was just you, you could just like and there's just people just like sitting there you know like you know no big deal i'm just you know t- taking a shit and you know anyone could walk by and see it so it's kind of gross but you know it's uh it's just what it is um oh and i mentioned last time too about how uh the floor looked like carpet so you would think oh man it sucks i can lie down on the carpet but you, when would you lie down on the carpet? That's not a common thing to do. But the kids actually would do that. They would kind of just like lie down on the floor, like roll around on the floor because they were young kids and they, they're they silly like that. Um, yeah. Oh, and the hot water um, with the meal that I had with, uh, with my boss and most meals in China, 
unless it's in a, like a super kind of Western restaurant in like Shanghai or something or in Hangzhou nowadays. But uh, the hot water is probably to, you know, uh, um, decontaminate. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To uh, antiseptic, you know, to kill the germs. Um, but apparently it's also healthier to drink uh, warm, at least warm water. I guess like body temperature water. That's why um, uh, liquor is often served at that kind of body temperature in China. And I think famously in the West, because uh, Japan has had much more of a kind of influence on the West than China over the last few decades, at least in sake, I believe, is uh, served at um, uh, body temperature. So, yeah, it's supposedly healthier to drink uh, hot water, uh, especially if you're sick. Um, I learned that in Hong Kong specifically, actually, people told me, like, you, know, you shouldn't drink uh, cold water when you're sick. You should drink, you know, hot water, which is probably true. You know, it's um, thousands of years. It's common wisdom. Oh, and I mentioned to the um, this Irish girl who was there, um, who was a girlfriend or something of my flatmate or I don't know who she was exactly, but she she was there. And I mentioned the legs. I mean, the feet, like the actual feet of the chicken. I had to cut off the, you know, like the, the scaly feet and um that's actually a delicacy in china my my second job that i worked in mainland china um when i worked with older kids or like you know grown-ups people like in their 40s and stuff and they would often eat uh chicken feet as a snack and i consider myself relatively open to you know new experiences and stuff but i never uh chose to eat chicken feet because it just seemed i don't know how much meat there is like how much uh you know it doesn't seem very delicious at all and kind of kind of gross too kind of nasty um i remember when i first got there um the girl who i was taking over from she was this english girl and um california cat who is uh abc which is uh american born chinese or chinese american she was from san jose and they took me down to this um food market down by uh like kind of the old um historic part of Hangzhou, kind of leading down to the West Lake, but it's like the kind of part of Hangzhou, which was, um, it's old, it's kind of, you know, the more historic, uh, I think it's called the, um, uh, well, I'll talk more about that next time, because I don't want to, like, say all this stuff now, but they took me down there, and they had, um, scorpions on a stick, and lots of kind of, like, really unusual food, and, um, yeah, I'm not going to really eat a scorpion on a stick, I mean, I, it's, it doesn't seem very i mean aren't scorpions poisonous it doesn't seem like the best thing to do but anyway okay so that's just a little bit about um <clears throat> a little more about what i talked about last time so now i'm gonna read the next post which is called um it is called sorry it is called uh transportation so like i said when i first got there um my flatmate, um, I, I lived with two Brits. So one was from the West Country where my dad was born. He was born in Bristol and this guy was from, from that area. The other one was from the North Yorkshire where my dad grew up. So that was a, a fun coincidence. Um, although I personally was born in London and lived in the London area. So but anyway, uh, so transportation. <clears throat> I borrowed a bike from one of my flatmates a few days ago to get my photo taken to get a physical. It was a great feeling of freedom after having had to walk and take the bus like a peasant the whole time I've been here so far. I even heard some up-tempo erhu, an instrument that has always fascinated me, music being played in the distance. It was very, possibly stereotypically, Chinese, but it made me, feel, made me glad to be here, the oldest continuous civilization in the universe. 
Today, my day off, I finally got my own bike. Only 600 yuan, with a basket and a lock. Then I had to go and get a phone and had to make several trips back and forth between my apartment, school, and China Mobile. Unfortunately, it got rainier and rainier as the day progressed, and by the time I was done, I was soaked, pissed off, and broke. Luckily, having a bike did give me a chance to head down to the Westlake, a big tourist attraction in China, for the first time. It was very nice, also very, possibly stereotypically, Chinese. It would have been a lot nicer, more beautiful, and more scenic if it hadn't been raining so much by the time I got there. The number of Western establishments dramatically increases as you get closer to the lake. Subway, Burger King, Pizza Hut, McDonald's, Starbucks, three KFCs. I'll definitely have to go back to the lake soon, if only to try a Chinese Big Mac. Just kidding. Kind of. The weather forecast says it's going to be sunny the next couple days, which will be a nice change since I haven't seen it since I got here. Okay. So, um, yeah, biking is still pretty big in China, much less so than it used to be. I've talked to people who went to China, you know, back in the day in the 80s or the 90s. Um, I don't think I've met anyone who's went to China in the 70s. That was when it was, you know, I mean, Mao only died in 76 or so, something like that. 77. I, I forget off the top of my head. Um, but... A lot of people still ride bikes. As I mentioned before, they have the uh, dedicated bicycle lanes on the side of the road. They're like little mini roads. Um, so it is helpful to have a bike to get around. I used to commute to work. Um, before I got my bike, I would take the, the bus. And it was walking distance, but it was a long walk. So it was much more convenient to have a bike. Um, and it was just nice. Like I remember uh, when I uh, first, uh, in the first few days, my two uh, flatmates, the one guy was really obsessed with cheese. Um, he was from the West Country in England, which is, you know, where cheddar cheese is from. So he was really big into cheese. That was kind of his thing. Um, so we biked to um, Pizza Hut, which was on the road on the way to work. Um, and Pizza Hut is very kind of like fine dining in China. It's it's like a, a kind of nice um, sit-down restaurant where people go. But we went there just to pick up some pizza, you know, stuffed crust with the cheese in, the, in there and everything. Stuffed crust uh, pizza. And it's funny, I felt like we were like a a biker gang, like a bicycler gang, um, just heading out of our, uh, our apartment to get the pizza. It was, it was kind of funny, but, um, okay. So I'll reread and I will talk a little bit about that. <clears throat> I borrowed a bike from one of my flatmates a few days ago to go, to, to go get my photo taken to get a physical. It was a great feeling of freedom after having had to walk and take the bus like a peasant the whole time I've been here so far. I even heard some up-tempo erhu, an instrument that has always fascinated me, music being played in the distance. It was very, possibly stereotypically, Chinese, but it made me glad to be here. The oldest continuous civilization in the universe. So yeah, the erhu is uh, an instrument I've always loved. It's um, it's like a, a violin, kind of, but with only two strings, I believe. Um, and it's very difficult to play. I never got a chance to try playing it in China. Um, there was some guy in... <clears throat> Uh, when I finished working in mainland China, I came back to the U.S. for a while before I went to Hong Kong. And I met some guy in Central Park in New York playing the erhu. And I started talking to him in Mandarin a little bit, the tiny bit of Mandarin I know. And he was like, oh, you know, do I, do I, do I? Um, uh, do I is yes, 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 yes. And um, so he let me try playing the erhu. And it's really difficult. It's like, I think playing the violin is pretty difficult. But you can imagine playing with only two strings and not against a fretboard or whatever it, it was really hard but it's a beautiful sound i really i really love the uh, the air who um 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, up-tempo. So it's like, uh, <laughs> like I said, stereotypically, but I mean, it's Chinese, you know, it sounds Chinese. It's, it sounds cool. It's awesome. I like it. Um, it made me glad to be there. Uh, and the oldest continuous civilization in the universe. That was something I remember my uh, history teacher in high school, my very first class, you know, first first period of, you know, Monday, uh, freshman year of high school, um, one of the best teachers I ever had, he was a history teacher and kind of, um, really kind of set my course for what I was interested in, um, going throughout high school and then into college. Um, and he mentioned that China is the only country in the world, the only civilization that has never really, um, it's the only continuous civilization. Um, it's, I mean, it's changed, it's been invaded, but China, one of the major factor one uh, one of the things that is always continuous it's a uh, um in chinese history because it was always the kind of the main civilization out in the in the far east um countries would invade it like other peoples would invade it like the the mongols or the the manchus and they just uh, adopt chinese culture because it was just you know so much more advanced than anything else out there um it was kind of they considered themselves to be number one the Zhongguo, which is china in chinese uh means you know middle kingdom or middle country um so they consider themselves the center of the universe and it was to a large extent in east asia um it, it hasn't really radically changed. i mean their, their their writing is still based on their old you know thousands of years old writing um and any invasions they had never really changed them that much and i remember in high school when i i told my dad that and he he having lived in iran was always kind of like oh you know iran is no and he was saying, well, what about Iran? And I was like, well, yeah, but they were much more influenced by the Arabs. I mean, their writing is now an Arabic script and everything. And they, you know, adopted Islam. Um, so they were much more conquered. I mean, Iran still has a very strong sense of their own uh, Persian-ness, as far as I understand. But uh, China has uh, maintained its own identity much more than any other country, any country that old, at least. Um, at least that's how I understand it. Okay, so next part. Today, my day off, I finally got my own bike, only 600 yuan, with a basket and a lock. Then I had to go and get a phone and had to make several trips back and forth between my, between my apartment, school, and China Mobile. Unfortunately, it got rainier and rainier as the day progressed, and by the time I was done, I was soaked, pissed off, and broke. Yeah, so one thing that always annoys me now, after having lived in China and having some idea how to pronounce Mandarin words... I hear uh, newscasters, even like the BBC and stuff, whenever they see uh, the Chinese currency, Y-U-A-N, people talk about, you know, Yuan or Yuan, but it's like, it's Yuan, Yuan. Um, and I'd imagine it's cognate to Yen, like Japanese Yen. It's not Yuan or Yuan or Yuan, it's Yuan. Um, so 600 Yuan, that would be less than $100. Um had a basket and a lock and it was very useful it served me well my whole, the whole time I was there um, and then I went to get a phone and I got a dumb phone I had had an iPhone in the USA but I just I never bothered to I didn't have much money when I first got there and I never bothered to get a smartphone while I was in China and in some ways it was kind of nice because it really um, excuse me gave me a sense of I mean, it gave me back to like throw back to when I was a kid in England, always having to do that did 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 for the text messages, having to do the you know get to the punch each number like two times to get to each different letter. Um, and I wasn't able to use Google Maps or anything; I had to uh, navigate by myself. 
So when I would go back to visit Hangzhou from Hong Kong, I was able to, you know, navigate really, really easily, which was kind of cool. Um, so yeah, that day was really annoying. I do remember that day it was rainy and just、uh, a big hassle.、Um, but yeah, okay. So last part. <clears throat> Luckily, having a bike did give me a chance to head down to the West Lake, a big tourist attraction in China, for the first time. It was very nice. Also very, possibly stereotypically, Chinese. It would have been a lot nicer, more beautiful, and more scenic if I if it hadn't been raining so much by the time I got there. The number of Western establishments dramatically increases as you get closer to the lake: Subway, Burger King, Pizza Hut, McDonald's, Starbucks, three KFCs. I'll definitely have to go back to the lake soon, if only to try a Chinese Big Mac. Just kidding, kind of. The weather forecast says it's going to be sunny the next couple days, which will be a nice change since I haven't seen it since I got here. So that was true. The first few days, as I mentioned the last time, it was great, really great, smoggy, and it rained. It was pretty, uh, pretty grim, pretty depressing. It did eventually get sunny, and that was really nice,、um, especially because it was a lot warmer than it would have been back、uh, in New Jersey, because Hangzhou is considerably further south.、Um, so similar latitude to northern Florida, I believe.、Um, so that was kind of nice.、Um, yeah, the West Lake is really nice. It's kind of. I mean, I I feel silly saying that because it's very kind of、um, you know as westernized as Hangzhou gets, and it's more now more it's, that area has spread like all the kind of Western shops and everything, and you know, there's a Starbucks down there.、Um, there were several Starbucks in Hangzhou when I got there, and there's probably a whole bunch more now.、Um, uh, and there were a lot more KFCs, and there's a lot of KFCs all over Hangzhou. And by the time I last visit, visited Hangzhou from Hong Kong. There were more McDonald's,、uh, which seems kind of strange. It seems like KFC is more traditional Chinese, even though it's KFC. But McDonald's is more、um, international, I guess. And people I talked to said that McDonald's is more common in southern China, and in Hong Kong itself, which is a whole different history、um, than mainland China. There's a l- McDonald's everywhere. So many McDonald's.、Um, So yeah, but the Westlake's very nice. They have all the kind of like you know really upmarket fashion stores, and like you know really expensive like、uh, Gucci and Dolce Gabbana, all that you know Italian, French、uh, fashion labels and everything.、Uh, but uh, and it's beautiful. It's a nice area. It's、um, it is really nice. But I remember that first day when I went out when I went down there.、Um, it was raining and gray, and it wasn't wasn't that impressive to me at the time. But、uh, during the spring and stuff,、um, it gets really nice. It is really beautiful. One thing I had read about Hangzhou、um, before I got there is that the traditional saying in China is、um, "Above is heaven, below is Hangzhou and Suzhou." And I remember when I first got there, the West Lake's nice. The West Lake is nice, and the、uh, kind of old historic part of Hangzhou is pretty nice too. But there is a lot of kind of just like communist,、uh, very utilitarian. Blocks of flats and gray and you know, you know, grime from the smog and everything. And I thought to myself, you know, if this is what heaven's like, you know, when I die, this is not. I'm gonna be pretty disappointed.、Um, but、uh, it was it was a really cool experience,、um, as I've said many times.、Um, let's see. Yeah. So I guess that's all about that.、Um, it was really nice having a bike, being able to you know、uh, go around、uh, by myself and not having to. Depend on a bus and everything,、um, but、uh, that's all for now. It will improve further. I realize this is a little bit、um, uh, scatter shot, 
but uh, as I said, they will get better each and every time. So thank you for listening, and I will see you next time. Thank you.